0: This podcast is part of the Frederick Podcast Network. Learn more at listenfrederick.com.
1: Welcome to Season 3 of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast with Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. This is the Big Sci-Fi Podcast Season 3.
2: Greetings and hello. Welcome to another episode of The Big Sci-Fi Podcast, the show where we get together with our friends and have really interesting and sometimes random conversations about sci-fi. Today, I want us to talk about one of the, I don't know if I want to say the greatest films of all time, but it's highly regarded. And that, of course, is 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I don't know if you listeners are aware of, but... As a sci fi podcaster, we are legally obligated to at least do one episode <laughs> where we discuss 2001. And if we don't, we get a very stern warning from the podcast authorities. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, let's um, just catch up a little bit because, of mm-hmm. course, I am joined by my usual co host, Adina Mignona.
3: Hi, everybody. All is. Good. I just have a lot to say about this film and science fiction and what it means for science fiction and robots, because you know, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of robots and AI and
4: mm-hmm.
1: definitely. Yeah. Brian Donahue. Hey, this movie is fantastic. If you want to take a nap. Yes, agreed.
4: <laughs> and, uh, it's got a, it's
1: got good stuff in it too, which we'll we'll talk about. Good oh, to yeah, be here for For sure.
2: And Steve Merkin.
0: I saw this movie back in nineteen seventy-three. A friend took me to go see it. And when it was all done, I turned to him and I said, what the heck was that? Yep. <laughs> 100%. And he said to me, wasn't that the greatest movie of all time? And I went, what the heck was that? So we'll get into that, okay?
2: Yes, we have a lot to discuss. But before we get into that, how is everyone doing and what is everyone watching right now? Picard. sci related. <laughs> yes, <Cicard>. uh, Picard. Picard. <laughs>
3: So I just got done watching and and a an movie on Netflix, not quite sci-fi. Um, Bullet train. Oh I yeah, heard this. <laughs> Bullet train is so yeah. good. I oh liked my god, hysterical! If you, if you like the kind, so for the audience, if you like the kind of like Kill Bill kind of violence mm-hmm. stuff and kind of Asian influenced stuff, it's 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 fantastic. And Brad mm-hmm. Pitt and the cast were amazing in it.
0: Hilarious. Yeah. A hilarious movie, yes. And
1: and one of our former guests, Michael Moore, designed the jewelry they used in the fight scenes for that. Remember? Really? You know, that's right.
3: That's right. I forgot about that. All rubber whenever
1: they're fighting in movies like that. That jewelry they switch. (gasps) That's
3: the movie he was talking about. Okay, okay see. Uh Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because at the time I was not aware of the movie, but then when I when I was watching movies i'm watching on netflix and it's got like it says a little there's a little thingy says based on book movies based on books i'm like huh this is based on a book i'm like how does this read so i just downloaded Mm. the english version uh, Ah. of the book that it was based on because as a also someone who likes to write humorously i'm really curious like how did they how did they write this so Yeah. yeah
0: Very yeah. interesting.
2: And Thomas the Tank Engine never thought I would think
0: about that
3: oh
2: ever again. Oh my god!
0: But yeah, so well done. So you're perfect. You're diesel. Yeah, oh, diesel. I tell you, you're a diesel. What that's actually pretty good. good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. So anyway, what we're saying is it was a good movie, and that's what I yeah. just—I uh, was just okay. watching.
1: We haven't started yeah. Yeah. talking about the Sorry. Odyssey yet. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about no, no, every no, no, other no.
4: movie made.
1: Okay. okay. All, All right.
3: Two thousand and one. We got
1: to do it.
2: We got to do it. The
3: card though.
1: That's to all you. I gotta
2: say, Chris. Pick okay. card.
3: Picard, oh, yeah. Picard. Picard
2: okay. tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, and, first... and
0: me, oh, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> not not so much watching science fiction, but actually driving science fiction. I I told Adina this. I don't know if I told you guys, but I purchased a about about three weeks, three, four weeks ago, we purchased a brand new Toyota Hydrogen. Uh-huh fuel cell vehicle wow and this is the same principle that got the astronauts to the moon and put rick up in his little uh, uh shuttle aircraft and i love it and mm. i'm just it's 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 science fiction on four wheels and it's great
2: that's but i'm happy but are we no longer super buddies then is this what <laughs> you're telling me i'm, I'm, I'm going i
0: will tell you that that part of the deal was something's gotta go much like we've seen in other films where something's gotta die or something's gotta go and (laughs) the soupy will be going away but that's because if this is my wife can drive both cars and she loves both of them Mm. but yeah it's it's amazing you pump in five kilos of hydrogen into the tank it goes about three to four hundred miles and it is it's amazing. It mm. really is.
1: My buddy Joe all, who's also a listener um of the big sci-fi podcast. Hey Joe, mm. just bought a brand uh almost new Mini Cooper that's all electric. Oh wow, very it's nice. Cool. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. He pulled it mm-hmm. into my driveway Sunday morning, got to take a little glimpse of it and uh, he's been wanting a Mini Cooper for quite some time, but also considering that route as far as mm-hmm. electric goes, and mm-hmm. having a lot of fun with it. So I feel like there, there should be applause. I'm going to put in, sprinkle in some applause, mm-hmm. Steve, when you start talking about your car.
0: <laughs> I, I'm great. Cool. I, I, fanfare,
1: and I take it those cars are fairly
2: safe because there's no Hell Nine Thousand controlling them. No, no, right? no but
0: yeah. but it is it it has a superior oh, computer yeah. on board that does everything. Mm. But no, it has not ever locked me out and said, "I'm sorry, Steve. I'm not opening the doors right. for you." <laughs> yes, so- <laughs> that's good. That's uh, very boy. comforting. Poor
3: Hal. I okay. might be the only person with sympathy for Hal.
2: <laughs> I, I I do feel bad for Hal. He was put in. It's not explained in the in that movie, but I think in 2010 they get into.
1: He was put in a weird situation, mm-hmm. shall we say? But where do we want to start? Because now, now let me ask you yeah. this, Chris. I'm yeah. sorry. Is 2010 2010- <laughs> A much faster-paced film. Is there a yes, lot more is. dialogue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know there was intentional slowness to this film no, to get us no, to think and no.
0: feel and experience something. But it it is it is a much better film. Uh, Roy Scheider's in it, and yeah. it is very oh, yeah. interesting. I, I have to watch it. Faster pace. Yeah, I
2: have to yeah. I have to rewatch it because I don't remember loving it. It didn't stick with me quite like the way two thousand one mm-hmm. did,
4: mm-hmm. but.
2: There is a lot of skipping you got to do
4: and, if you're watching but, it.
2: Like the whole dawn of man stuff, it's just like okay, I I appreciate what they're trying to do, but or what Stanley's trying to do. But it's like mm-hmm. I, I don't think we needed what was it twenty minutes of it.
0: You betcha. Yeah, I betcha. Yeah. I mean, I understand <clears throat> as you said the point he was trying to do that that this thing sparked the use of a tool. And then to use it as a method of getting food and then a method of fighting war, because that's what they do. And Mm -hmm. are you are we assuming that, you know, is that the point of the that the uh, the monolith made these ancient humans to the next level? Is that what they're implying as they were touching it "Ah," as your theme song was being sung in the background? (laughs) Did that do it? Well,
3: it's, it's not, it's not, it's certainly not clear. Yeah. Um, you can interpret that in, in a whole, whole bunch of different ways. I think, mm-hmm. I think, well, at least the way I would interpret it is, is less that the monolith had anything to do with human evolution. It, but it was, it's that it recognizes when we achieve a certain level of something and it mm-hmm. signals something, you know, then there's a signal and that's, and So I want to say that, you know, Brian, you pointed out, um, so the movie is based, sort of based, I'm going to say sort of based on this Arthur C. Clarke story, The Sentinel. And by sort of based, it was, that was the first one that caught, you know, Kubrick's eye. But it was actually, 2001 was pieced together from several of Arthur Clarke's stories and then still different. But mm-hmm. so, but one of the things that you pointed out with the Sentinel is so you found us some YouTube readings of it, including mm-hmm. one by Dr. Bashir. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Which
3: was so I was like, oh, well, let me, you know, I've I've read the story before, but I was like, yeah, yeah, let me let me listen to this. Cause and, and I know I'll have to say, if you're listening to audiobook science fiction, all science fiction needs to be read by a British. Like accent author (laughs) with two, two exceptions. There's this audiobook author. I love his name is Ray Porter and he's like narrated things like project Hail Mary and some great stuff. And Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton Mm. narrates ready player one. He narrates Mm -hmm. a lot of John Scalzi. So those are my only two exceptions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so listening to the Sentinel, not, you know, narrated by Alexander Siddig was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you know, in that I think is the, you know, they're implying that when they uncovered you know, the 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 monument and it was a different style of monument on mm-hmm. um that it, it that's when to produce a signal and that's kind of like what was intense like we're gonna leave these things all over the universe and when civil whatever civilization gets to a certain level right. they're basically gonna activate it and it's gonna let us know that they're there.
0: But and remember so, you know. I because I just read the Sentinel because I have the original short story in a collection of short stories that turned into films. And it wasn't so much they put it there for us to find it. It just happened to be found while the guy's going out on his tractor. And he goes, hey, what's that up there on the top of the hill? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's glinty. I'm going to go look it up. And mm-hmm. when they go and find it and they attempt to crack it open is mm-hmm. when it emits the sound. Mm-hmm. And the story ends right there mm-hmm. going. Brilliant. We yeah. sent this message out. I wonder if we'll have a visitor come who will mm-hmm. respond to it. In the book in the story short days, I I we were going to wait for it. So the but the whole story was really the adventure of mm-hmm. going across the the uh lunar landscape and then climbing up the hill with his partner to mm-hmm. reach the pyramid shape.
3: Yeah. So uh, where I was gonna say, so for those of you who've seen the movie but not read the story we're talking about, think of the story, it is just finding uncovering the thing on the moon. That's really mm-hmm. all the story was. And so and, and that's why I say it's it's like the movie is loosely based on this story because it's really based on this plus a few others but this mm-hmm. was the first story that kubrick picked up on you know right. that, that made him kind of interested mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah well but, actually the, there's a little trivia thing on online when you watch the movie on prime video and that they actually were impressed by the 1950 film Conquest of Space. And they took elements of that and they brought it into mm. this particular sh- um, film. So, yeah, they did They they did a lot of research. They did a lot of going back and forth, just coming up with the final uh, decision as to what the story was going to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Actually, uh, while we're talking about the Sentinel, I just want to actually, I want to give a little shout out, because sometimes I get a question where people ask, you know, if they're interested in, Reading science fiction, where should they start? And while I I claim Asimov is my favorite of the you know old school science fiction mm-hmm. writers, if someone was just getting into reading science fiction, I'd tell them to start with Arthur C. clark's yes. short stories. Mm-hmm. His stuff yeah. is holds up in a in a way that's a little bit different than a- Asimov is a little bit of an acquired uh, a unique yeah. like voice, acquired taste. Uh, he's very yeah. um. Yeah, it's just it's, it's 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 a certain style. But I'm saying if you if you really just want to start, where do I start in the genre? Start with Arthur C. Clarke's short stories.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and your work your way up to Rendezvous with with uh, Rama too. That's a fantastic, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic story.
3: Childhood's End
1: mm-hmm. oh oh, okay. might be
3: my favorite book by yeah. Arthur C. Clarke.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so Chris, what did you think of the film? Like, so- like what are some of your general? so i i love the film
2: like i grew up watching it so it was always at my cottage and i would put it on really um and i really enjoyed it but still a lot of fast forwarding um <laughs> i find i don't know watching it's it good to have time, on in the background yeah don't you know,
3: just have it on in the background while you're going about and doing other things especially exactly if you've then, seen it before
2: <laughs> and then because it's me a lot of stuff stood out to me that isn't Meant to be the point of the movie, like some Hmm. social conventions. Like, for example, I don't know why this struck stood out to me so much, but the idea that Haywood Floyd is he has an hour, he's like to the security guy who. Welcomes him to the space station. He's like, Hey, do you have do we have time for breakfast? And the guy's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll go get us a table. And then he proceeds to hang out with other random people, sits yeah. down with them, talks for 10 minutes, and keeps the guy waiting. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so what's going on there? That's a little weird. <laughs> and then the fact that and, and I can't tell with Frank and Dave, are they even friends towards each other? Right. Because they they sit together watch two separate monitors of an interview that they were in (laughs) and they eat their lunch and they don't talk to each other. They don't talk to each other until they start to think something's up with Hal, which is Mm -hmm. a little weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So that stuff stood out to me, but I think overall fantastic film. The visual imagery is spectacular. The way the camera moves and the changing perspectives, I guess you could call it when Mm -hmm. you have one character who's, how do I even help me out, guys? How do I phrase this? Where it's like you have one mm-hmm. character standing, but then you have another character in the background right. who's walking up and like walking. Yes, well, that up.
0: was that was yeah. the that was the beauty of the film. It's kind of like watching the the Fred Astaire film where he dances oh, in a yes. room yeah. and he dances on the ceiling and on the floor and on the walls and all that. And they're rotate. Gim- they had a gimbal. or again, what's it? Gimbal, gimbal, where they rotated that. Well, they did the same thing in this film. I mean they built this beautiful set that they could rotate mm-hmm. so that they got the perspective as he's running the 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 uh it's rotating yeah. I mean it was beautifully shot or where the um the stewardess back then they were called mm-hmm. stewardess uh for uh, there and she's in there and all of a sudden she's walking up you know around uh, to go into the pilot sta- station inside the the craft that's going to the moon, these are the things that like were they were wowing people. Mm-hmm. They wowed them and shot in seventy millimeters, so it was Cinerama quality, and it mm-hmm. was it was amazing. But it was boring.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. I feel I'm like
1: sorry. Yeah, it it's was... no. You're not. You're not it's... sorry. It's... Hey. You know,
0: it's 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 like the it's like that line from uh, Shuttle Pod One, uh, the story about the snail on the uh, turtle, and the snail snail says, "Okay, here we go. This is getting exciting." Well, that's about how this film was. Okay, it's that's... beautiful, but the pace makes Star Trek the next Star Trek the movie seem like I... a. Wham bam, thank yeah, you. Thank I, you. I, yeah, I think I that's about s-
1: the twentieth time Shuttle Pod One has come up on our podcast too. And it will keep my face talking so. about. Can you I say bring up shuttle come pod back. One.
2: I want to say I appreciate you bring up the motion picture because I wanted to, but also, Brian, you just said you're not sorry. I don't think you're sorry, and it's so close <laughs> to you're not sorry. No, I don't think you're sorry. Not one damn bit. Yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> from Decker, but. yeah i don't know it's like it's funny when you compare those movies because i think motion picture takes like once it gets going it's pretty good it's a little Mm -hmm. slow but 2001 is a whole different thing where it's i'm trying to think like 30 minutes or 40 minutes in when you finally get the first line of dialogue which is um floyd coming to the which Mm -hmm. i didn't catch the first like don't tell recently that that space station was a Hilton space station. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I know if it was that. the
0: whole space station yes. but I'm like that's and, awesome. and they're on yeah, that's they're on dream. Bell telephone systems and they're yeah. flying Pan Am which right. I think when those uh, most of the uh, products that were listed in that are once inside of business or were gobbled <laughs> up by other companies and they're long gone. Well, so. I tell you but, the
1: but difference. But oh, go ahead, go
2: ahead, Chris. Sorry, the Bell Telephone because that's interesting because in Canada we either can choose from Rogers or Bell Canada. Those are the two service mm, providers. Right.
1: Interesting. So that interesting.
2: still fits. I'm like, hey,
1: cool. Okay, for you that's that fits. Way. For us, yeah. does yeah. not so much. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. and all these cool. Well, well, if you want yeah. to talk because about. The difference between this film and the motion picture, because that because you can't I I don't feel as a Star Trek fan that I can't watch 2001 without kind of thinking about the motion picture, because Mm -hmm. that's the critique of the motion picture is it's so slow. I don't know too many lists, though, of films that will include the motion picture on one of the greatest sci fi films of all time, like 2001, a space odyssey. It might be in a top 100 on people's <laughs> lists maybe mm-hmm. even top 50 but top 10 probably yeah not. probably not but I have to, I have to say that while I certainly you know the motion picture takes a while to get going and is um, a much more cerebral type story you know it's it's not action-packed there's a difference between the motion picture and this film in that you are staring minutes at a ship flying by and even though you know it's it's Strauss classical music, it's got uh-huh. incredible uh, score to it. Um, but it's just it's just so it's like we get it. These are really detailed models, uh-huh. you know. This is interesting. You know, it's it is cool to watch the people walk yeah. in circles and on the walls uh-huh. and see how that. You know, some of that that's cool and intriguing to a point. But really, the film for me is I watched it this time, and I had to watch it in three installments. Wow. Um, Partly because of just my schedule. I just didn't have Mm -hmm. the time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. But also, also the, the first time I sat down to watch it though, I intended to watch it all the way through. And I got about halfway through before the first, before the intermission. And I was, I was yawning and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get some work done or something. (laughs) But when they're in that shuttle pod and they are talking to each other thinking Hal can't hear them. Oh my goodness. That that was intriguing. That was like I uh, that was captivating to me. Oh, you're yeah. talking
0: about the shuttle bus on the moon? Yeah. No uh,
1: yeah. no 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 when when they realize Hal has Hal has lied about that battery or the electronic system the, or whatever. Didn't
3: lie, made a mistake.
1: Made a the, mistake. Made a
3: mistake. And that that's the key that's the key mm. in in Hal's demise is because How was lying about the mission, but made an error about the thing. Mm. And the kind of like that whole uh, mishmash is what basically drove Hal insane.
2: Can I ask two questions about this? This is what really bothered me this time. One, if you're trying to have a private conversation, brilliant idea to go on the pod, turn off all the communications. (laughs) One, why did you turn around? (laughs) Yeah. Why did you turn it around so he could see you? And number two, don't keep looking at how if you're talking about someone (laughs) and you're trying to be discreet about it, don't keep looking at the person you're talking about real life (laughs) tips right here from Chris Fox right now. That just seemed weird to me. And I get it. It's
1: the, it's the, you're in a restaurant and you're, you know, I know a guy whose wife will occasionally say, don't turn around, but right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And so what do you want to do? Turn around, Mm -hmm. you know, Just
3: don't, yeah. yeah. Well, but the thing is, I think they had to take a position in the shuttle pod that was, like, kind of normal to them. And it was, and I don't think, and they they clearly were not expecting Hal to be able to read their lips.
2: But even if he Mm -hmm. couldn't read their lips, couldn't he see that they kept glancing at him? And he's Mm -hmm. been programmed with enough knowledge about human emotion to understand that, okay, something's up here.
3: Right. Right, But if they just saw him, you know, so, but the thing is, is if they, so... If they asked him like, you know, let, let's say he couldn't read their lips. So he mm-hmm. really doesn't know what they're saying. They just he just sees it, they just keep looking at him. One so the worst happens, he asks them about it. Hey, you know, what was going on? You know, and they lie to him. Mm-hmm. But because he did read their lips, there was no reason for him to ask what was going on. Right. He, and you know, and if right. they would yeah.
1: have lied to him, is is he advanced enough he could detect when they're lying?
3: Maybe.
4: Mm-hmm. I, don't know that I' think so I'm yeah. sure
2: he must be able to monitor their life signs. I guess,
3: but that okay. doesn't mean again, that that's not necessarily a perfect indicator of of whether or not you're lying
0: and another thing about Hal, which is he knew what the basis of the mission was, and they right. were, did not tell it to the two astronauts that were not in hibernation. The question I always wondered was, what did Hal see? In these, that he decided to terminate the life functions of the three people in stasis. Why did he commit murder when he would have been programmed to know that that was it? Was it the fact that he made a mistake? He couldn't accept he made a mistake, and so he had to get rid of all the evidence of all the getting I... rid of the you know getting rid of the two, the two astronauts who were not in stasis. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of those two people. And then getting with the other ones, again, he's going to have to answer to somebody at some point as to why he committed all these murders. And they never get into that.
3: Is he? They, I, is he? Because we don't know. Like, there's we get no information on.
1: Are like, they coming back? Are they
3: coming back? So yeah. he might not ever have. to. You know, again, I think he's, yeah. you know, like only concerned with, you know, his its own, survi- yeah, right, right. its own survival. Yeah. Self-preservation, its own survival at that
2: point yeah i heard it, yeah. it was something like i don't remember if they get into it in 2010 or if i read this somewhere but it was some combination of the fact that he's like programmed not to lie and mm-hmm. he specifically is not allowed to lie to humans but mm-hmm. then is told to lie so there's a contradictory like weird mm-hmm. norman situation in- Ooh, and
1: that changes his programming mm-hmm. enough yeah, yeah.
2: something so like he, that. so he went
3: he went the computer went insane yeah
2: he went norman and short-circuited yeah. yeah. but ended yeah. up killing mm-hmm. other people
1: Interesting.
3: Yeah.
0: Here's another thing about the movie which is an I mean, which is a plot point and seems a weird one. Okay. So he you know the first guy the first astronaut gets in the pod to go re- replace the broken or questionable piece of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So he leaves the state he leaves the spacecraft. He goes whoa way out there away from it. Parks it then gets out, then flies all the way back to the to the uh, to do the work. Why do you do that? Would you yeah, let me ask a question? Would you do Would you do anything where you park the car a mile away from where you have to be to do what you got to do? And yeah, then I, to at be the killed. Indy
1: Five Hundred, I would. You know what? It's funny you
2: bring this up because yeah. I want to bring up Attack of the Clones for a second. Oh, I always... really? I always get stressed out by Obi-Wan leaving his hyperdrive yes. unit in orbit. I'm like, what if somebody comes along and is just like just to be a jerk, I'm going to shoot that down. Yeah. So you're Or take it. Hyperdrive. Let right. me see if I. Can. Yeah. So Tell I you. I think you make a good point. Why park it so far away? Right. Why not don't just come a little know, bit closer? So
3: so cuz again, just so cuz you don't want to possibly damage that maybe. Yeah. But the, the thing that bothered me is just the lack of a tether because I feel like even in mm-hmm. the 1960s. What they knew about, you know, and, and again with Arthur C. Clarke's own concern for like detail and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact that Frank wasn't tethered in any way, shape, or form. I'm like that to me is, was the most unrealistic part yeah. of that.
0: Mm-hmm. It. I mean, I think maybe because they wanted to wow the audience with a spacewalk yeah. from, but but still, you could have parked it only a hundred yards away. But it seemed like it was parked so far away. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes back, of course, what does Hal do? I'm going to rip your airline and kill you. Mm-hmm. And he does. So it was like, okay, you ask. I don't know. It just And seemed... then all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, the tender uh, thing is weird. I yeah. never really thought about that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But
1: Yeah, neither did I until cool. you guys just brought it up. I just thought they mm-hmm. were just saying how advanced, you know, it's advanced enough. They don't need it. They can control it, whatever. But yeah. Um, all of a sudden he, you know, his air hose gets pulled and it's fast. It's like all of a sudden he's fast motion.
3: You don't really actually, you don't see, you don't see the act happen. The act is yeah. in lie. Yeah, You never actually see you, it happen. You see right.
1: him quickly and the camera work is much faster. And I know mm-hmm. it was intentional. It was a dramatic effect type deal to show his, I mean, you would be freaking out. You'd be panicking yeah. at that point right, in time. Right. Uh, and, but but what's interesting is even Dave when he gets in the own, his you know sees what's happened and gets in the pod he is not really moving super lightning fast to get out in that pod you know what i mean mm-hmm. like
3: well, so. that i believe honestly that part i do believe especially after reading several astronaut autobiographies mm-hmm. and how they're trained to act in the case of a, a real emergency it's, they have to act very calmly deliberately you know
1: oh interesting so they
3: don't do so that was so that i was thinking about that but i was still thinking it's like does he actually realize frank is in danger like he was still moving a Mm. little slowly i mean i again i I get there there is careful deliberate carefulness Mm -hmm. you know you're you're not running after rushing out of the house yeah, like a burning building, like we would be panicking,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
3: there there's deliberateness, but he he was, yeah, it was still slightly too slow. I guess for over. me, for so, me,
1: it's the star, it's the other science fiction like star Trek or star Wars effect. Mm-hmm. Probably when I'm watching a film like this, mm-hmm. where, you know, they don't have to worry about gravity because they've got artificial gravity, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot more quickness to what, how they respond and what they do. Yeah. That is much and, more so, fantasy and, Rather than trying to be as true to real yeah. life and how it might actually be mm-hmm. so far. And out.
3: spin and, you know, spin gravity, the, the way, you know, these ships were designed to spin. You got to be very, you know, one of the, the things that you can read about is how one of the things we don't know in terms of effects is, you know, just kind of, you know, if you're in a small enough spinning thing, how it's affecting your feet. Might be a little bit different from how it's affecting your head, and so when mm-hmm. you're moving around, you got to be careful so you don't get yourself sick. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. and,
3: and changing up is going to be is going to ha- be an effect, you know, changing from one. So yeah. you really do yeah. have to be very, very careful. So yes, it's mm-hmm. not like on the Enterprise or on the Millennium Falcon or anything. Like
2: I know. So we have... can we can we talk about the breathing? How did everyone feel about the breathing?
0: <laughs> it was very awkward. Yeah, it was it's weird to natural. make you feel weird. Mm-hmm. The, the breath. Of i mean not darth vader breath but you know it was there just to <laughs> why you am know, i thinking of
1: darth to... vader all of a sudden i don't know yeah <laughs> I don't know ever,
0: that,
3: that never bothered me
4: yeah,
1: yeah. It, just, it doesn't even yeah. like i it's think it
2: like it's, it, it's cool for a little bit but i just feel like like again it's the length of time it's what a five minute maybe not a five minute walk but it's just a lot of okay that was he's the doing soundtrack. the spacewalk yeah that yeah. was
1: the music Yeah, And the noise they chose to use. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I know it's all deliberate. I mean, I I watched a couple of things uh, uh, where Kubrick said, you know, he wanted people to experience and feel. Whatever you feel about the ending or think it means is it wasn't as important to Kubrick uh, for the audience as long as you felt something, as long as you. You know, maybe even filled in the gaps on your own.
3: Mm-hmm. This was an and, artsy film. This was yeah. an art film. It wasn't. And, that. I mean,
1: he he definitely, if you look, he definitely had some ideas, mm-hmm. um, and there are some correlations to other things, and what have you. But and and he was studying all kinds of different philosophy and stuff, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit for mm-hmm. a minute or two later. But I just. You know, the soundtrack was really interesting because he did choose to use, you know, we have these uh, bombosterous um, Strauss orchestrations and very famous pieces of classical music. Um, and then you have more of the electronic sounding. You have the choice to use the breathing as the soundtrack and the noise mm-hmm. you hear mm-hmm. um, or just the computer voice even, you know, yeah. um, is just It's very interesting, and it is, I will say this, it is an experience that I think is unlike any other experience in cinematic movie history. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, So, go ahead.
2: I was going to say about the Strauss stuff, I love it, but the problem is not 2001's fault, but because I also love Spaceballs, and (laughs) there's definitely parts where I'm like, it's hard to watch 2001 without thinking of Spaceballs, because, like, always, when you get to the... The drums. I always think of the, all right, we have to evacuate. We have to, we're going to blow up the ship. We got to evacuate. It's like, what about the, the, the zoo, the three ring circus? And then you have the, the dudes with the, the drums Uh and it's just so ridiculous. So it's like, that's been parried so much that I think it's sometimes hard Uh to not think about that when you're rewatching the movie.
3: Yeah. What, I, what I'm wondering is, you know, if, if our listeners and out there haven't seen 2001, but of course everyone's been exposed to some of the pop culture aspects. Like I feel like everyone should generally know, you know, who Hal is or what Hal is, sure. you know, mm-hmm. and that whole, you know, I, I can't do that, Dave, you know, that, that stuff. No. Uh, and uh, the, the drums. Really? Right. Open the pod, really? Dave. Right. Yeah.
0: Because
3: I
1: kind of, I kind of feel like maybe this is a movie I'm, I don't know. I want, like, I was exposed to a bunch of classic films growing up, but is, is there a whole new generation of young people actually watching 2001 that would like, like we know it because it was in our lifetime, but there's a whole group of people that don't know it that weren't born. Is it really that big of a film and well-known that how would be something a lot of people know about? I think think it comes up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, because I think Hal is parodied. I'm actually. Parodied in the. Yeah. Well, I feel like Hal has been parodied like everywhere, and it still is. Like, there's a recent one of the um, Simpsons Halloween episodes a few Mm -hmm. years ago. You know, did a whole. It was. um, It was like their house had an automated system.
4: It's mm-hmm. like what it was
3: called? It was like Super House Three Thousand yeah. or something yes. like that. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> was the was the voice oh, really? of the computer, but it was still it had that single red eye. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. clearly a parody of of Hal in that way. So I feel mm-hmm. like there are a lot of things. But um, those
1: are but, that's that's how old were the folks who wrote that though?
3: I probably our generation. You know, our generation yeah. are a little older, but I, I guess you know what I'm saying is people who might be uh, a little younger who haven't seen 2001, I feel like they still would be aware of some of these things. I think okay. these things are just still in pop culture, but I now, see. you know, would should, or would someone watch the movie now? Like, like, should I tell Frank to watch the movie? <laughs> and right now? No, either's either just, just, there's no way. But, I, and I would actually say, I think that unless you're interested in getting kind of like the full historical understanding of the development of science fiction, mm. there probably is no reason to watch this movie.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, that mm-hmm. would be, a, yeah, I feel like the getting the, the full history of science fiction is a reason. And if you really appreciate the sub genre of science fiction that deals with artificial intelligence, that's the other reason to watch the movie. Although you, all you need to watch is about 20 minutes of it. <laughs> you can cut out most of the I beginning. Gathered, you can cut out most of the, I, end. Yeah. Go ahead,
1: Chris,
2: I would s- disagree a little bit in that if you want it, like if you're really into film, and mm-hmm. you want to understand film history, watch it. That's right. But I again, go, I yeah. think there's a way you can do that. Where yeah. I think was oh, it you, Steve, that said you were doing some laundry while watching this, where I think you've got to be doing something else. At least no,
0: for the first well, for the first
3: if you want to watch it, watch it. For the first watch, you should watch it. You, you know, pay attention to watch it. But I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, like unless the average science fiction fan who who isn't a film film buff who isn't a i need to really understand the story someone who just wants to enjoy science fiction this film right now is probably not for them it's probably yeah, only for like I, this the uber serious at different yeah, levels of things i guess like
2: you're not going to have a t- you're not going to have a blast watching this no i don't think i mean there's no. stuff that you might appreciate but this is not a like a like you get up and cheer at the end of this movie no mm-hmm this no, unless of course yeah, you're
0: like, this, okay, I can pre- a, now
2: it's over I can go and do something
0: right now this is a film school movie, yeah as you said yeah. this is what yes. something you you would be assigned in film school to watch because of the way it was made, what it represented, and all that yeah, I went to a fifty hour science fiction marathon nineteen seventy five and one of the films they showed was this in the original 70 millimeter, because it was of historical value to have people watch this film. That was 1975. Here we are, 2023, and it doesn't have the same effect because we have seen so much science fiction that is faster paced, more interesting. And here's another yeah. thing about it, which was, it's a very sanitized science fiction. And the same thing applies to even Star Trek, the motion picture. Very clean, very tidy, everything beautiful. George Lucas said, when I make my science fiction movies, it's going to be a used universe. Things are broken. Things are dirty. Things are worn out. He wanted to make it seem more real. And I think that's what people want to see as opposed to seeing a really sanitized science fiction but this is this is
3: way more i mean like it's it's not just sanitized this is born out of you know a lot of realistic and you Mm -hmm. know reality thinking which you know space travel is boring assuming everything is going well unless you're having a problem
0: Remember what, remember, remember what Ray said, Remember what Rick said, yeah. and it, Rick said and he said, NASCO, NASA has a way of making everything really mm-hmm. boring.
3: Right. And <laughs> I mean, and that's why it's, just, you know, uh, you know, so some of this, is, it's really good because it is very, very realistic. I think the mm-hmm. in, in that realism thing, the thing to me that is the most unrealistic other than the lack of a tether when he's doing the EBA is actually how clean and pristine the inside of their ship is. If you look yeah. at any picture of the inside of the international space station, oh, it's yeah. a little cluttered.
0: Yes, it is. It's, <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's the one thing you got to say about stowaway, the look of the inside of that spacecraft that they were in mm-hmm. was a cluttered mess with cables oh, and wires. And it couldn't.
3: wasn't even if you compare stowaway to the international space station, it wasn't, that was not That was also. Yeah. I would say that's pretty clean too.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so question though. So we're talking about the film school thing. Do you think is there is one of the things we're focusing on a lot because I'm just starting out is the Mm -hmm. hero's journey and the three act structure. Mm -hmm. How does that apply to this film? Because there's no clear there is sort of a hero, I guess, if you say that Dave is the the protagonist. But I feel I think like he's violates.
0: the survivor. He's the survivor in it.
2: No,
1: it's, it fits. I think in it the, violates. It, it does in a way, Adina, but I think it, I think you have the first act is, is, um, the monkeys on the planet. Mm-hmm. Right. The second act is, um,
0: before everything up until before. Dave gets in this weird land.
1: Right. And that, but I, but I think honestly, the hero of the story is the freaking monolith.
3: Is the hero? No, yeah. because again, because in the hero's journey, no, there there's growth. Uh, you know, there's meant to be change and growth for the hero. So, no, it's not the well, model. Then, if then anything, it's, gotta be Dave. it's humanity. No, it's not Dave because he's not in the first act. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the only way, you know, so I don't think the three act, I don't think that the three act story hero's journey. I mean, there are clearly three acts, but that mm-hmm. is not the same thing as saying the hero's journey in three acts. That's not the same thing. Yeah. So the the way it work it would work for me is one if if you say that humanity is the hero because humanity going through all the changes and development mm-hmm. and the development, but I that's just but that's boring. So I think if you cut out really. Cut out the the beginning, cut out the end, and and by the end I mean from when they get to when they get to Jupiter, when Dave gets to Jupiter, and you focus on just when hey guys, you know we found this thing, you know when Haywood Floyd is like hey we found this thing we're going to do this to when Jupiter starts. So the middle the middle of the movie, and it's about Hal and what Hal goes through. Then you actually I think can make a three act or Hollywood beats uh, or one any of the other story structures out of that.
0: Well, you're then you're right, Adina, because Hal becomes the main character and mm-hmm. his character evolves from good mm-hmm. to evil or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say evil, right. but bad,
3: bad, bad. He goes insane, which is not the same to me as evil. Yeah, he goes, you know, he has, he has problems,
0: mm.
3: <laughs> he has problems. But He's I think that's problem, the thing Giles. is, and if that's all you watch, I think you get something. Out. I think it's an interesting. It's an interesting story about AI. Mm -hmm. If that's Mm -hmm. all you want, you forget the beginning part. You forget Mm -hmm. the end part. You just watch that. You have a very, very, very interesting story about AI Mm -hmm. that happens to be set in space.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do love how friendly Floyd or not Floyd. Yeah, it is Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. That's his name. I don't know why I'm blanking on that, but there's just something mm-hmm. about how he's just so friendly. He's a good speaker. Everybody seems to like him. People want him to like be like, "Hey, we want to see you and your daughter and your family come out to this convention." Mm-hmm. There's something about him. It's just like it's cool that he's just such an easygoing guy. Even though he, I, I like apparently by two, that, 2010, he falls out of favor. I guess with uh, I the yeah.
3: Yeah. I gotta rewatch NASA, like
2: yeah, what were they mm-hmm. called? The National uh, Aeronautics Council or Astronautics Council oh, something or something. Like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. but that always stood out to me. He was in 2010 too? He was played
2: by a different character. Uh, yeah, char- yeah the, by, the
3: character was. Yeah, okay. the
2: character was in 2010. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think he went on I to Star and it. Sea Quest, which oh, I don't know. Roy, if Roy
0: Scheider. Yeah. Roy oh. Scheider really? plays the part of him? Yeah. Oh, okay. In, yeah. Twenty ten. It's I haven't seen the movie in twenty plus it. years when it first came out. So I don't. I don't really well, remember. It was
1: great in Sequest DSV.
0: I need to watch Sequest, but we
2: need to probably come Never back Sequest. and do. We... Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh,
1: come was, back and do twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah. 2010. yeah. Mm-hmm. I. I. Okay. So. What? You know this. This film. He ends up in. That weird room, you know, and he sees himself as an older man and he's aged himself and he's shocked to see that very traumatic. Okay. Each time he sees himself older, he's traumatized a little bit more, uh-huh. um, which anybody would be. Okay. Um but I, I have a, th- I, you know, I've I watched some stuff to try to get a handle on what maybe could be happening. But what do you, what do you guys make of that
0: whole sequence? I, I, it it's actually listed as part of the trivia that this movie was very popular, popular with drug using stoners <laughs> who would be would would go to watch the film and have a I don't know experience, experience of some type. Yeah. And maybe they got the got the jive of it or everything. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, from a graphics point of view, a remarkable bit of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And going through You're the avoiding whatever, the
1: question, my friend. But the, yeah, I'm but talking really about that to, that room. <laughs> but in
0: that room, and to this day, I I still wonder what the hell were they talking about? What was the were, point? See, of See, here's here's where I come the, back to the, the monoliths. Movie.
1: In the in, in whoever is on the other side of the monoliths viewing and, and seeing everything, that they're actually examining him and learning about him and being there for his, they want to witness his next state of evolution when, you know, he's dying on the bed. There's mm-hmm. imagery of, uh, was it Michelangelo's David or, or Adam where he's reaching out to God, you know, the fingers mm-hmm. touching mm-hmm. where he's doing that on the bed. Um, when he sees the monolith again, Mm -hmm. the monolith shows up every time there's some sort of change. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he turns into this fetus or baby thing in this glowing globe. Mm -hmm. And next thing we know, he's orbiting earth. And so there's some, there's some, I watched some stuff. They're saying there's, um, you know, there's different ways of viewing this and uh Kubrick was not, was not definitive on he didn't want to really define what it was truly he wanted people to, yeah. to have discussions like we it's are
3: an, It's an art film.
1: But is it yeah, it's an really art is. film? There's a superhuman like there's this... okay he's superhuman now he's now the true redemption of humanity is coming to earth again. No,
3: wait. based on yeah. what you see in the film, you don't know any of that. You don't, you don't that could you yeah. could interpret it that way if you want to, but there is that's nothing all I'm saying. There. I think that's the, all I'm yeah. Uh, there's nothing there to actually yeah. say that.
2: So it's hard because I saw like a short on YouTube where Stanley Kubrick was talking about what the room was. And it was like mm-hmm. the aliens were, I guess what Brian's saying in examining him and they were trying to make him comfortable, but they did the you know, classic sci-fi thing of, we sort of understand you, but we're going to make something that's not quite right. So the room was supposed to be like what they thought he would find super comfortable and relaxing but getting a lot of the details wrong and thinking that casino oh he's going to like this.
4: What sorry? <laughs> so casino you, so Royale. Oh yeah,
2: this. yeah. <laughs> that's that's another. Like I forgot how creepy that was until I rewatched it a few years ago, uh, which is the <laughs> TNG episode,
3: mm-hmm. second season TNG episode. Yep. Remember when when they get st- when they get stuck in the casino and, and you know so
2: the yeah, Worf's room service line mm-hmm. hysterical. But mm-hmm. besides the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's what I heard, and it makes the most sense. But it's still, but again, it's he was
3: unsatisfying because yeah. you can't really you ha, you so, can't get it from the film. Let me. No. Yeah,
1: but but uh, are you sure about that? Because I'm
3: I'm th- sure there's yeah no, that's, that's, that's the thing is you but can there's an intention
1: make- behind it though. This is it wasn't just to make art. It was there there was intention behind it. I mean, to make a film this slow. Mm-hmm. And this methodically freaking slow, Mm
4: -hmm. yep. (laughs) To
1: risk his whole career, I mean, honestly, this film could have ruined the man. Well,
3: it didn't, and it didn't. It was not, you know, universally loved when it came out. It wasn't until years later that it started to become appreciated as a a science fiction classic. You know, it was not universally loved.
0: I can tell you you this: that on when it premiered at the theater. It said on the trivia, 241 people walked out of the theater saying, what the hell did we just see? <laughs> yep. so yeah. So even on premiere night, people were like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I think that's the one thing. I, I think maybe that's part of, you know, Stanley Kubrick's kind of thought process, which is I don't care if you get it or you don't get it. This is what I made. You love it. You don't love <laughs> it. I really don't care. I which mean,
3: fine. That's, that's fine. Yeah. But for me, it's a very un- that whole bit, you know, Jupiter to the end, mm-hmm. is completely unsatisfying mm-hmm. because you really yeah. do not have enough clues as to what the bleep is going on.
4: No. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like... And for me, mm-hmm. yeah, new watching life, it is new life. That's what it's about. Yeah, and for me, watching it's a Humankind kid reborn.
3: But what does that have to do with anything yeah. that came before up till that
2: point? Yeah, like it's a kid. Monolith. Nothing to ju- Mono- do. To- the monolith.
1: See, okay. it,
3: yeah, guys... but there's no new, but there's no like, okay. So when there's when you no... say the monolith at the <laughs> the monorail, monorail. Sorry, when you say them see the monolith with the the apes at the beginning, there's yeah. no new life. There's just possibly a little evolution, maybe brought on by the monolith, or maybe the monolith just recognized that they were at an evolutionary cusp. Then we dig out the monolith on the moon. There's no evolution yeah. or nothing. There's nothing reborn, but there's okay. a me- you know some message is sent. You know, like some extraterrestrial message is sent. There's nothing there. So then what the monolith does at the end, it, it's completely disconnected each time. Ta- each time they're disconnected from each other.
1: They can't get to Jupiter without the monolith on the moon, though. That's another step for them.
3: It's the reason that they go to Jupiter. It's not, it doesn't help That's them right. get to it, Jupiter. You're
0: absolutely right, because they even state a signal was sent to Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so they wanted to go find out what was there. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help them go there.
3: It was just the reason for them to go. That, right. So happen. they yeah.
1: developed the technology to make that happen. That they kind of, no, they another, I think they already had no, they, it. they, they had yes. it. They
3: had it. It was only a few months. It was like 18 months later, like yeah. from, from when Haywood Floyd to when you see them on the ship. That's 18 months. They had. They have the tech. They, they debate This wasn't like if you told me that now this was a generation later. Mm. That yeah, they had to develop stuff. But no, this is eighteen mm. months this later. This
1: is how I'm interpreting the movie, guys. <laughs> yeah, <I've> never felt ganged up on my whole life. I find it so hard. podcast, sorry. anyways. because yeah,
2: it's like as a kid, like I grew up again. <laughs> gonna bring our beloved Trek. It's like all right, end of the episode. Data explains to the crew exactly what happened and why it's whatever thing is going on, why it's happening, and it's like I wanted that. I wanted someone to be like oh so the star child is blah 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 yeah. Well, this is what they were trying to do
0: go back to the end of star trek the motion picture what happens decker and his girlfriend merge together mm-hmm. and what's the line they say do we see a new life form develop Jesus. so did we just see it, the it, was that the form form same child? idea the same idea that you know, was this supposed to be the baby was representing the next evolution of humanity that it, it caused, we don't know. And that's the problem. You're right. And this is why I call it, this is
3: art, you know, like, like a movie in the the sense that we think of movies, a movie is supposed to like a book is supposed to tell you a story. And yes, you might get a feeling from the story, but it's, it's about taking you on a journey and telling you a story. Art Mm -hmm. is about leaving you with some kind of feeling it, art doesn't yeah, necessarily does tell you a story, here? but right, art—that's why I'm saying this is art. This isn't this isn't storytelling. Again, the part with Hal, Haywood, Floyd to the start of Jupiter—that's the story. The rest of the stuff is is art, is art.
0: Okay, I'm going to say just the equivalent of a Jackson Pollock painting.
3: Yes, the the, the first third, yes. the second, the last third—that's that's, the that's last your third art. It's Jackson art. Pa- it's not, yeah. Those are not storytelling. That's art. It's mm-hmm. the middle yeah. is the story.
2: I would just love to know what the conversations are back on Earth. Like, what's NASA or whatever the equivalent of NASA is in that time? What are they thinking when they see a giant baby hovering Pan- in front of Earth? Apparently.
3: Is this visible to them? I
2: am mm-hmm. assuming it's visible. I'm assuming they're like, what the heck is this? We got to call someone. Or I, just like, I'm quitting. I can't deal with it's this. it's visible. They're, they're able I to can't go into work, outer
0: space and- but- but you're you're looking at it like it actually happened, or is this all just a metaphor? It's right, what he said. Right, 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 That's hearing. interesting, Steve.
3: Right, because yeah. once we get into that room, once he's in that room and he's aging, which is really you know it's happening quickly. You know, we don't we have no idea. You know, we really don't know. Yeah, from then on, we don't know. In fact, that could be still kind of like the continuation of the mm-hmm. holodeck from his perspective. We don't know that that's actually the real Earth. Mm-hmm. We don't I'm know. It's, it's, we don't know anything.
2: I'm assuming it
1: must be like that. Would be why? It's a real
2: just because I feel like <laughs> we're in fantasy land.
3: Is, we're in some kind of weird. I'm now just, how I'm now just disagreeing
1: land. with Stephen Adina because just for okay. <laughs> the heck of it now.
0: Let's put it this way: <laughs> spite,
1: it's like I didn't buy appliances from this Chris, one guy out of spite. <laughs> Chris and Brian against Stephen Adina. Chris,
0: Chris what <laughs> you're looking one. for is linear thinking. Yes. this is not linear thinking. What Adina's saying is correct. From Floyd, right.
4: That's what happened
0: boy <laughs> to the end you have linear you have a linear story from start to finish even the monkeys is a linear story Ish. but the last Jupiter and and it as I said Jupiter in into the infinite or infinite so that's not linear that's that's an art house film
2: so what are we arguing so we'll have Lucy
1: can I, what are we arguing <laughs> We're just—we're basically all agreeing that it doesn't make sense. This is the and, most we've argued about anything.
4: I feel like
1: more Wrath of Khan, First Contact, <laughs> and Voyage Home yes. that was, yes. was <laughs> fine, the top yes. that was the only. I guess that yeah. got kind of heated, but uh, we, but uh. I got to tell you what, uh, there is one definitive thing I can say as a result <laughs> of watching this film and talking with you folks tonight on this podcast, is I'm never watching this daggum film again. <laughs> yeah. I'm I really never can. watching it again. Yeah. Uh, I am going to check out 2010, though, because that yeah. is that is curious to me or interesting yeah. to me. I, I want to see the continuation. What I m- What I was originally planning on doing after this podcast was I was going to make this grandiose statement. About how I was gonna <laughs> seek out and read the novel called 2001 oh, a yeah. Space now, Odyssey. But then I discovered that it was based on that story, Sentinel. Um, and so I, there's probably a movie, a book version of the film, I would assume.
3: Well, so the book version, so 2001, the novel was written during the filming and during the production of this and it it, it differs from c. the clark book arthur c. Clark, okay. arthur c clark arthur c Clarke wrote it but it differs from the movie he went into a, like little di- different direction and he does quote unquote explain things you know because it's it's words you have to you can't just say i'm seeing colored lights i'm seeing you can't just do that for 20 minutes you have to you know write Mm -hmm. other stuff so it does it does it differs from the movie enough that Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily assume that what he wrote is like actually true for the movie but i read the book you know so i read the book in high school it was a very long time ago i remember i enjoyed the book more than i enjoyed the movie
4: Mm -hmm. because i
3: again again because it had more detail it had more depth yeah. There was more, it more there. So I would I'd actually you, recommend.
1: It probably took you longer to read the book than watch the film. But not much, but not book, by much. <laughs> the book probably seemed much more fast-paced yeah, than the yeah. film.
3: Well, and I remember when I was, you know, when I, I remember when I first watched the film in its entirety, and it was one of those mm. things. Like I think I had, you know, I would watched it in high school up until that point. I know I had seen pieces of the movie, probably like had been on TV here yeah, or there. Mm-hmm. But at some point when I was becoming a, a real science fiction fan, I realized that I had not seen it. And I felt like, well, I should probably, this is supposed to be one of the most important right. things. And my dad was a big Arthur C. Clarke fan. So we had a lot of Arthur C. Clarke books on, on the mm-hmm. shelves too. So I'm like, oh, I guess I better watch this movie. And I remember watching I mean, and thinking to myself at the time, even like, what the? what the what the what the you know and again only really interested in that the how parts but then i read the book and i was like the, well the, this is an arthur c clark book this is good and i read you know some stuff of his but at that point in time but I so i, I would recommend the book to anybody if, if yeah and there's there. like yeah.
2: there's four of them yeah. right there's like little, yeah little, there's today, 2010
3: there's... then there was like 2064 mm. um
2: and then three thousand one, I think,
4: was the yeah. Last which I, one.
3: I, but I think he wrote. I don't think he wrote that. So in in his last decade or two, he wound up like co-authoring stuff with a lot of different mm. people, and it definitely. I had read a few of those, and I liked them, but I, I do think it wasn't. It lost his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was yeah. a little less to him. It was good stuff. Good. Don't say this too stuff,
1: about the film. I kind of shared this with you guys. Is I'm convinced. I've never seen the full cinematic version of this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I've seen it on TV. Yeah, I don't know what I'm not sure what I've seen. (laughs) Of course, they're cutting out stuff left and right, especially back in the day when I would have watched it on TV. They Mm -hmm. really trimmed films down significantly to fill a certain block of time and with all the commercials and everything. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking way before streaming was even in somebody's mind and heart to dream about. So watching it this time, I guess I was, even though I saw the length of the film, uh, before I hit play, I still was surprised at how slow moving it was, um, and again, it's intriguing. There's there's mm-hmm. some cinematic things in it that are totally worth watching it for, mm-hmm. um, and there are some sh- there's some beautiful shots of Dave with his helmet on, uh, especially as he's deprogramming or shutting down Hal. Mm-hmm. Beautiful cinematography. There mm-hmm. are some, there are some gorgeous oh, yeah. shots in this film. It is, I think, Adina, you used, used a good word, art. Yeah. That that's yeah. why, um, you know, Chris may end up having to study this film as a part of his. I, I I've <laughs> read that that is something film students do. This is a film mm-hmm. they might go to to learn a few of the right things. uh Just like they'll watch films to learn some things you should avoid. You know, so. Mm-hmm but mm-hmm. well, Chris I tell great. you what brother you ever make a film
0: this slow and trotting warn us first mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, let us know because we'll start painting a room and we'll watch the paint dry <laughs> mm-hmm. at the yep. same pace as the film I and then we say... can
2: compare oh then <laughs> yeah. we have to
0: do the moonfall test
4: yeah,
1: okay. if I make a really bad film we have I to do will the moonfall watch test. moonfall <laughs> before okay. I watch this again I'll tell you that Okay.
3: oh no I would I would absolutely 100,000% watch the 2001 before I ever watch yeah, I agree
0: I think with, I I with Dina. hmmm Boy, it's you boring. guys are hard well, on me tonight. Because
3: it's uh, well it's nice. this, is, <laughs> this make... movie is two thousand and one has like got the massive boring parts, but at least it's accurate, hangs together, is self-consistent, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. those things. Where Moonfall was just a just, just a disaster it was yeah. a pile.
2: It's yeah. more lingering because I find like whenever I watch 2001 I it just lingers for oh, a long yeah. time. And I'm thinking yeah. about it. Whereas yeah, after I saw point. Moonfall, it was like the most I thought yeah. about it was that. I did not expect that we would have such a like that this would become like a thing that we now compare every other movie to. Which every I other love. bad
0: movie, too. I will say one thing <laughs> yeah. about Moonfall, Chris. One thing what? about Moonfall. For some reason, from now on, since that mo- since you first start talking about that, all I seem to hear on the radio every other day is Africa. And you either, are lucky. either the <laughs> original right. or Consider the version.
3: Yeah, I like that song. I like the song. I love Africa. It's but like, it's, what a great
2: song! like, if you want to endear me to a character, <laughs> have them listen to a song that I that I yeah, enjoy. Yeah, yeah,
3: you know, yeah. something like
2: that.
1: That's I don't know good. any other lyrics to that song except Africa. Yeah, when I okay. sing it, stop, 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 stop. You no, know, that's all. That's all I know is Africa. Stop,
0: stop another thing and and about this movie brian did you just shush
1: me i think i
0: just shushed you i just shushed you because because i didn't want to hear the rendition of the song here's another thing (laughs) brian and chris yes sir it's not like adina and me versus you two guys because that's the thing that this because that's what this movie does (laughs) Yeah, yeah it can polarize people into different opinions on what they think this movie means. You take one position, you take another position, and I think this movie has always gotten people mm-hmm. talking in sure. different directions, and and that's what we were doing today. We were expressing different viewpoints of the movie mm-hmm. because I don't know if there's a single viewpoint.
1: I, I think mm-hmm. Kubrick has won the day. I think this yeah. is what he yeah, just wanted. Yep, I he got he, us He got us look good they do. I'm obsessed okay. with those
2: sandwiches. Yeah, I'll oh, say the they
1: make a big sandwiches. deal. You got any Ooh. ham?
2: Yeah, you got any <laughs> ham? And he splits it off into two, and it's perfectly cut. There's yeah. no crust. No I'm crust. Like,
1: fantastic. My son would love it.
0: I think so. That that was really and pouring coffee in zero greek. Yeah, in, 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 was everything in one was sixth, in one sixth gravity. That was if you spill it, it just you just kind of grab it and drink it. You know, it's like, okay. well,
1: everything else was contained, kind of. And then... Yeah you know the Except sandwiches the are compact you know the it's yeah, there's yeah, yeah. they probably had something holding them together a mm-hmm. yeah know, a condiment like mustard or mayo you know mm-hmm. uh, but uh the coffee was weird that they just poured that like normal <laughs> yeah, they probably were like it? how That's else do fine. we do this we don't what, know what stood <laughs> out to me having
2: gone through covid was when the dude who asked about the coffee he's like hey do you guys want some coffee and then he gets the map he puts the sandwich that he started eating yep. back into the container
1: with the other uh, sandwiches granted they're all wrapped but I'm like not, i guess not good. we were really thinking about that in chris the, i got one question 68. for you sure and cuz <laughs> i don't i don't recall um if you have talked about this but what do you think of their outfits bro what do you think of the wardrobe in this you you always talk about track especially the big collar you know of yeah. captain kirk's jacket and stuff like that what do you think of of because I've heard, I've heard, I heard one critic call this film timeless. That it still holds up. That it looks like it could be a modern film. Do we agree with that? Like it was I, just made. I don't think it's
2: timeless, but I think that like of the time, the '60s era clothing. I think it's it's actually I like the way it looks. It seems a lot more classical mm-hmm. than I don't know if classical is mm-hmm. the right word than say the '80s, whereas like. That's a different feel, but I feel like there's something a little bit timeless about this, like the '60s, that everybody is like prim and proper. Mm-hmm. So I liked all the civilian clothing. I mm-hmm. didn't love the spacesuits, but really? I thought everything they were interesting,
0: very cool. Really? But I mean, I it's interesting I, you say I, that, I, Chris?
1: I see, I see. Discovery uniforms. I see. Very similar I see the,
0: the spacesuits used in Enterprise as very similar. Oh, that's the spacesuits that were used in that film, the helmet design, the flexibility of it. The fact that there was, you know, it, it, the spacesuits to me were, except the fact that they were silver looked real. They looked Mm. like that. Oh, they definitely looked real. Like
2: they looked like they were supposed to, like they were real. It's just, I didn't, the one thing that I also didn't love about the spacesuits was that there was like little, there was like um, two circles at the top of their helmet so the way it was when you would see the overhead and you would see above the helmet, it looked like a duck or some like animal with eyes. And I'm like, I, I can't I, I not know what see you that. Mean. I know it's yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought, I mean, they looked functional. I just, I also didn't love the the yellow color, like the mustard yellow, wasn't a great look. But it was okay. I mean, I had no issues with the spacesuits. Would stand
3: so
0: all, out in space.
3: All the space stuff looked fairly, like, still looks fairly good to me. Um, we actually put together. um uh, a virtual reality representation of our planned upcoming space station. And it was mm-hmm. uh, recently displayed. I can talk about because it, it was recently at, and hopefully we'll be at some upcoming like space related conferences. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. public can see it. And yeah, like what we're, <laughs> what we're designing. Again, there, there's a lot of the look of the space station and things that look, but when I, when you guys are talking about the fashion and stuff, I'm looking at the women and I'm like, uh, I, you know, they're all wearing dresses they all have short hair uh, except mm-hmm. for the 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 former flight yeah you know, the what we now call flight attendants that have yes. those weird it's like none of that stuff to me that all looks like 60s like what yeah. they yes. thought the future would be like in the 60s and yes. that that to me none of that holds up
0: mhm no, you're well, definitely right. takes yeah. It
2: doesn't hold up in terms of like now, because you look like the 60s. Mm-hmm. I just find like I enjoy the 60s style. Same with the 50s mm-hmm. where people are a little bit dressier than they are today. So I like that aspect. But you're right. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very 60s. You have to go um, out and buy
0: yourself a Nehru jacket there, uh, Chris. And you really want to look, look like the 1960s.
2: I gotta figure. Mm-hmm. Out, I gotta look at what a Nehru jacket is. Oh yes, look really it up. Intrigued. I
0: had one. I had one in the nineteen sixties because they were cool. Is that anything
1: like a polyester because...
0: suit? No, not at all. No, okay. not not no, not a leisure suit. No, poly... <laughs> and the Beatles made the Nehru oh, jacket okay. popular. Okay, yeah, this yeah, I think I you.
1: I have some hint of what you're talking okay, about. Yeah.
2: There. Oh, so, yeah. other one. Other random question. What would you guys think of? Uh, was it? I'm gonna call him Gary Mitchell. Oh, it's Frank. Um, the whole not taxes, but there was just some really random dialogue where he's getting a message from his parents, and mm-hmm. then his dad is like, Oh, by the way, I talked to
1: this guy at the bank, and yeah, you're, you're, you're all sorted out for, higher yeah. level, something. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, just yeah. like, Okay,
2: that's such a random detail to
0: include, but you know, something that made the conversation real because your, your parents are going to talk to you about blase stuff Mm
3: -hmm. yeah and
0: that seems quite like yeah that's and he and he's bored by the conversation while he's on the heat lamp but he's just listening to it
3: yeah i found it it was a noble attempt to get us to connect with the character but i feel like it failed Uh, it Mm -hmm. failed for me it was like this is i mean it was that was what i think it was supposed to do because you're not Mm -hmm. getting anything else but it just didn't work and maybe it was just because he was just blah.
2: It you was know. just that one part of the conversation. All the other stuff mm-hmm. I thought was cool. It was like, okay, it's parents being parents and mm-hmm. everybody's excited. I'm like, I'm glad they're celebrating the birthday, but it's like, hey, by the way, we have this really great cake that you can't eat right now. Mm-hmm. That was a little
0: Remember, funny. it's a one-way conversation. Yeah. Not it's not, yeah. not two-way. It's a single way. This
3: was mm-hmm. done this oh, you know, this was still before the Oh, what's it called? Apollo 13 actually happened Mm -hmm. because that was one of the the topics of conversation. I think they, during, I I think this was a, the taxes was a topic of conversation or something like that Mm -hmm. during that too. But that was after this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well taxes, we was, there that, was a conversation
2: you? around taxes.
1: Like, should they have yeah. to pay taxes?
3: No no, 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 Just kind of like Space a, oh, no, because after it was, it was in the movie, but I think it was a real part of real real dialogue that really happened. So at some point in the movie, so this is after the disaster. So, you know, mm-hmm. after the disaster happened. So, like, really, they're biding their time, hoping that they can back, back up home. And in some of the normal banter with Houston... I think someone said, oh, by the way, you know, it's okay if you file your taxes late. You know, the president's going to say it's okay. You are
1: most definitely out of yeah. the country, I think it was a Right, line. right. That yeah. was the
3: line, right. Yes. So, I don't know. So, in, in that wow. vein, I kind of appreciate
1: Pulled that right out the, the
3: of normal ban. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're normal. They're just doing their – they're literally there. They're just doing their job. This yeah. is just a job, you know, mm-hmm. and they've got normal things to take care yeah. of. But right. it, it, for me, still failed as a method – the whole conversation failed as a method for me. Like, so when Frank dies, I I don't really care. I mean, like, guess I'm sad a person died, but I really don't care. I don't have that connection to the character at all, mm-hmm. which you're supposed to have.
2: No. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like Where again, this doing? watching that conversation or watching that scene, and I'm like, I get he's not talking to them and he's bored, but it just it seemed very different than someone just being bored. It, I don't know. It just seemed everything just seemed really awkward.
0: Well, that's I that, think that which is the thing that was the feeling that a lot of Kubrick work is to make you feel kind <laughs> of awkward. Have you seen? Dr. orange yet that, that's very awkward oh, i was gonna say
3: dr strangelove
0: oh no listen dr strangelove is my uh, one of my all-time favorite films i just <laughs> love that movie i have taken people was that
3: on your list i don't remember that being on your list no, i, I, I you don't i think
0: I think I, I think I missed it off the list and i really should have put it i don't know if it's a top 10 but <laughs> man i used to love all the dialogue in that film you can't fight in here this is the war room Come on! I mean, that's oh. just great dialogue.
1: Adina just yeah. took Happy a drink Christmas. from the biggest glass in the entire world.
4: What? This that is thing a looks
1: huge glass.
0: in it's in the size glass. glass. It's a normal glass. That looks absolutely <laughs> ginormous. You're gonna have to post that pic. You have to post that and show the. It's, pictures it's to
3: just it, here. I will. I will take you know a picture what? while we're okay, talking. Okay, but yeah,
2: it's, I'm, just, totally it's just. a now, curious. It reminds me a lot of the Neelix glass of water that he gets in the first okay. episode when he's just like okay. drinking water. Oh, wow. like we're crazy. going on
0: a tangent, kids. Yep. We sorry. are on a tangent. We're back. Okay, Frank
1: Poole, everybody, <laughs> Yes, back,
0: back, back in. This
1: has been fun, though, Chris. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I seriously, yeah. this is one of the one of our more lively conversations <clears> about <throat> a film. Maybe we may never watch again. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, probably, Yeah. Although Moonfall was pretty. Pretty lively. <laughs> that wasn't lively. It was. I fun. still I haven't that. seen
0: it. We have lots of I'm not going to money to watch it.
2: Okay? Yeah, I. For me, it's this is one of those films where I'm probably going to watch in the, in five years from now, maybe ten years, where I get a hankering. I'm like, I'm in yeah, a mood to watch fair. 2001, but it's not one we to be putting on all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: If my kids ever ask, like, Mom, I want we need to learn about the history of science fiction and see the classic stuff and know where things came from. And mom, I want to see, like, what was that, you know, that Simpsons episode? What was that based off of, you know, then I'll watch it. With right. I'll do it for that. I'll do are it you, for the kids. No, are you
2: doing the whole thing? You're going to start start oh.
0: to finish? If the
3: kids wanted to watch it, but there's, there's no, I wouldn't, right now, I wouldn't even let them. I wouldn't let Frank. He, he, he would, yeah, no, he would be no. bored out of his mind. You, you, you,
0: might, you might have to ask, <laughs> you might ask ask your friend Dan for some duct tape to tape them to the seat. Yeah. To watch the yeah. whole movie.
2: Also, <laughs> yeah. we didn't acknowledge, we didn't talk about the fact that it was Gary Mitchell who was Frank Poole or the guy that played Frank, so uh, not Frank, Gary Mitchell in That's right. Movie, oh my which right. is God. super right. cool.
1: You know, I thought he looked familiar, but I'm like, I can't place him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. This was a great film mm-hmm. after all.
3: Well, and,
1: and again, <laughs> we don't connect kidding. with that
3: cat. Like, we don't, like, we connected with Gary Mitchell. So we know the dude is a decent actor, you know. We didn't <laughs> connect goodness. with him here. How
1: did I miss that? There you go. I don't know. You guys missed the whole monologue monologue thing, so I I feel I feel fine. All right. You mean we missed it because like of the whole? did the a whole? Bit, like, you didn't get was, the whole? What it was supposed to mean? But that's okay. Not. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no, I just I just don't
3: don't happen to agree that no, that's no. what it means. That's all. That's all. I, which is I which just,
1: is okay. I just love that we
2: have met each other, and we're in a situation where we can argue about what the monolith <laughs> means monolith. for other people's entertainment. Yes. It's so monorail.
4: Yes.
1: Mono- what mono- you mono- saying monor- <laughs> <laughs> They keep monorail. Mono and mono. Say
0: they I say it. it rides on a, 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 of, uh, a layer of power, whatever that was from the Simpsons. I forget it. anyway. That was All the right.
3: one where Leonard that was the Simpsons episode with Leonard Nimoy. Remember Leonard Nimoy was going to be like the spokesperson, or he was a cutting mm-hmm. of the ribbon, ribbon the ceremony monorail. for the monorail. Right. Yeah, and then that's and one then of the reasons don't... why that
0: was a great Simpsons episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then don't they build the stairway to nowhere at the end? Was Just that that one? It. Yeah, I think so. At the end of it, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, enough tangent stop It's
2: okay. okay. Any uh, like final thoughts? So we actually, I one of the questions I wanted to ask. I hope this is a quick one, but but how long did it take you all to watch this movie? in terms of breaking it apart oh
1: uh, yeah three 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 sittings, and so break that up into however what is the movie two yeah. hours 29 minutes something like that yeah. so it took me three different sittings okay. um to watch it but again mostly because of schedule honestly mm-hmm. yeah. than anything yeah. else no. yeah three I, to I, four. I,
4: yeah
3: go
1: ahead
3: i to say three to four and honestly i kind of for the last part of it the last 20-30 minutes because I've seen it enough before like I felt I didn't I really wasn't like engaged and engaged in this this time because I have seen it before so Mm. I don't even know if that that counts I
0: I watched it all the way up to the intermission then I had lunch with my lovely wife and I went back and watched the rest of it so I really did exactly how the film was broken up and it's not that long of enough intermission to be able to go get some more popcorn. It is a very, right, that's right. one of yeah, the shortest yeah. parts of the whole thing is the intermission. Which so, is
4: hysterical.
2: The, <laughs> that's got to be a t-shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I survived the, not the Kobayashi Maru, but I survived the intermission of yeah. 2001. Okay.
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, And I think I was about the same where I'd seen it a lot. So I, I did some, I, I did skip here and there. So I think it took me about two sittings. I did one in the morning and then one Mm. at night. Mm. Thank you again for a really fantastic discussion. It's always a lot of fun. And I love, love the fact that we got to argue about what the monolith meant. And we were all so passionate. So that is very exciting. Um, But remember, before we go, you can find us where you find your favorite podcasts. And we love getting feedback. So if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on our email, because we would love to hear from you. So thank you, everyone. It's been a lot
4: of fun.